Welcome everyone to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. And this is the podcast to help you as a business leader really advance God's kingdom, both in your life and in your business. And let me just say, let me set the scene for this show. I, I have been looking forward to having uh, this guest and what we're going to be talking about today for so long. Not only that, I am literally writing a book on a lot of what we're talking about today called the mission of multifamily. And I'm very confident that's what we're going to title the name of this show. Uh, we have Pete Kelly joining us. He's the CEO of a company or an organization called Apartment Life uh, that really seeks to place um, missional families in apartment complexes across the United States. And I'm gonna let him talk about this. But before I, I introduce Pete, I wanna share this story with you, which is why I'm just so excited for this episode and why I hope you'll listen to this whole thing. As most of you know, I was a missionary and campus minister for so long, and we started investing in real estate as a way to um, just begin to create cash flow and build wealth. And I found that I actually really loved investing in real estate, and but I realized I wanted to do it at a much bigger scale. And as I shared multiple times, it was a hard transition for me because I thought, you know, the best way for God to use me in my life was as a missionary. Um, that it had to be in full-time vocational ministry, but I had this real desire to begin to build a real estate business. And I started, you know, researching and just figuring out ways that we might use our business for God's kingdom. And I learned about this organization called Apartment Life and that there was an organization out there that was using the asset of multifamily real estate and um, actually seeing and, and really serving that tenant base. And people were coming to Christ, people's lives were getting changed, people were getting counseling, and not only that, but it was helping people, you know, achieve wealth because there were investors who were owning these apartment complexes. And so that's why I'm so, this is a long intro. I'm typically going to do this, Pete, but I'm setting the stage to say a part of what you're doing, man, I'm so pumped to have you here. It was foundational for me as a kingdom capitalist to say, wow, I can, I can create a business model. And there are people out there who are creating business models that are not only helping people achieve wealth, but it is it is literally doing the same work I was doing as a missionary, changing people's lives, seeing people come to Christ. And so without further ado, man, I want to welcome you to the show, Pete. Thanks so much for being here. Ellis, thanks for having me. And you framed that all beautifully. Um, well, I do want to get into the mission, right, of, of what Apartment Life is all about. Um, but man, I want to I want to know the man the man behind the the vehicle a little bit and and who you are, Pete, and just your story and how God's gotten you to this this role. So um, before we jump into the episode, who who is Pete um, and how how did you really get here, brother? Well, that's a great question. Well, I'll start by saying um, I uh, did not grow up in a particularly religious home, and uh, in fact, I grew up in a pretty broken home. Mm. And at a very young age, I just um, without even knowing God, my, I think my earliest prayer was like, God, why me? Why me? And the Lord just put this wonderful couple into my life. They weren't an apartment life family, but they lived like one. And uh, they just invited me into their home. I was like best friends with their son. And they used to uh, invite me over, spend the night, Saturday night, take me to church Sunday morning. I love to say that they led me to Christ one peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> at a time. Uh, but I remember what life was like before knowing God, and then obviously what life is like after knowing God, and, and it's just a world of difference. Mm. And coming to Christ as a young teenager, I just um, 
I never fully recovered from that because I just thought I want other people to know the difference that God can make in their life. And so uh, when I got to college, I got involved with collegiate ministry, similar to you. It was called Crew. Uh, it used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. And so for 24 years of my life, I invested in helping young people know how to have a relationship with God and how to grow in that relationship with God. And then about five years ago, God called me into the multifamily space, similar maybe to what he did with you. It was unexpected, but it was just this ripe mission field. And what I love about apartment life is it just kind of blends uh, the missionary spirit of collegiate ministry that I was used to with a business model. And like you said so beautifully at the beginning is it's a way to um, change people's lives at the same time, have a very strong economic impact for business owners and for apartment owners um oh man so i was just i'm just smiling so much i'm so excited to get into this today um let me ask you this pete you you did missions for 24 years i say you did missions you work for crew you were in full-time vocational ministry for two decades or more what was that like to make that transition was it hard was it was it were you ready i'm just curious to hear your story i mean i know i have my own and the struggles and overcoming that and doing something different what was the turning point for you to really transition out of that you know begin to start working for a place like apartment life i'm just curious how that that transition was for you yeah so over the years you know i worked at various levels and in, in the collegiate ministry that i work with so you know from the, the local level at Oklahoma State University, University of Arkansas, served in New Orleans. We also served at the regional level. And my last eight years served at the national level, first doing leadership development and then doing corporate fund development for, for crew. And in that last role doing fund development, I was exposed to a lot of just amazing business leaders who were kingdom minded. And I found that over time that uh, my heart really resonated with the way that they thought about investing their wealth, thought about advancing the kingdom. And they, I, I, towards the end, I felt like there was this business side of me that was itching to get out. You know, after 24 years and just straight pure ministry, uh, there was a little bit of a restlessness. And I kind of wondered, you know, maybe I should have been a business major. And so I, I'd actually contemplated just going straight into some kind of business, you know, job, you know, just to be salt and light in the business world. I didn't know that you could do both together in apartment life. Mm. And what I love about apartment life is it's, it's a, it's a missionary platform built on a very valid business model. And so we are a nonprofit. We're not a business. Uh, the nonprofit status enables us to keep our religious and missionary distinctives, but we're very sincere about the business side of what we do. And uh, probably two thirds of our clients would not even be faith aligned with us. They, mm -hmm. they know that we're a faith-based nonprofit, uh, but that's not why they're signing up with us. They're signing up with us because they really believe in the business side of what we're doing. Yeah. A great intro. Um, I want to get in. So let me just pray for us and kick our time off that way. And, uh, and then we can jump into um, to what's happening. God, we are so grateful for this. It's just so cool to think about a vision that you gave me, you know, two or three years ago now. And to be sitting here on this podcast show talking to Pete, um, just so grateful, so touched by your your provision and your hand, um, and your love for us, and your kindness to us, and the way that you lead us. 
just reminded and grateful for that in this moment. I pray for this time together. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I've tried to explain a little bit about what you do. You know, I, I'd love to hear it from you so that people understand really what is apartment life, what it's built on, and um, really the mission of it. Yeah. So if you're an apartment owner, if you're an apartment operator, uh, two of your greatest needs are resident uh, satisfaction and resident retention. So if you can keep your residents happy, staying longer, everything's easier, you know, all things equal. And so we've got a business model that helps apartment owners with that. We place two people, at least in our traditional model, who live in the apartment community and they're like the welcome wagon. So they greet every new resident when they move in, they throw all the parties and events, they look for opportunities to care for people, uh, 90 days before a resident's lease is set to renew, they'll swing by and visit them and ask, hey, are you thinking about sticking around? And as they do that program, it creates this sticky community where people actually know their neighbors mm -hmm. and they feel connected and they stay. And that saves uh, apartment owners on average $188,000 a year is wow. what we found. Uh, but the people that we get doing this are all people who love God and they they're connected to a local church. And so as they go about that business, um, you know, model, which is not inherently, uh, it's that service is not inherently spiritual, but as they do that, they just have hundreds of natural opportunities to meet needs, both uh, practical and spiritual. And in the context of relationships, they're able to connect people to the local church, introduce people uh, to Christ, and how to have a relationship with God, and so it changes lives. So it, it has a very strong economic impact, but more importantly, it has a, a life-changing impact in people's lives. Uh, I, I don't, um, that's so powerful what you said there. First of all, you said, you said two-thirds of really your users or people you're working with may not even be coming into this from a faith standpoint, which I think is so significant. And here's why. You said on average you're saving about 180,000 people 180,000 people, that would be also $180,000, right, from, from tenant turnover. The way that we value apartment complexes in an area like Dallas, which is where you're living, and so I just pulled a cap rate from Dallas, which would be probably around 5% um, mark. That's a valuation of over $3.5 million in equity on that project that you're able to say. Like, that's what's going back to investors you know, they're able to add three and a half million dollars to that asset because of what you're saving them in expenses, right? If they can get that back in that project. So I think that's so significant that we, you've found a business model, a way to really serve and impact the kingdom and add millions of dollars uh, to the bottom line. That's amazing. Um, I, I just, I don't think people realized how significant $180,000 is per year in an in an apartment complex like that's massive <laughs> that, right that's right because if you can you know the noi multiplied by the cap rate is uh yeah it's it's uh it's huge so yes. I, I so so yeah it's it's got a very strong economic um and then you know i think a lot of apartment owners um they want to give back to their communities mm. so they're they, yes they're about making a profit but but even secular people, they want to know that they're doing good and doing right by the residents. So I think that intuitively they know that this is the right thing to do. 
And, and it's also great to know that when you do the right thing, it actually pays economically for you. Yeah. Well, and then I want to talk about the ministry side of things too. You know, I, I love this model, man, because, you know, you, you and I both know this, the, the heart of the college campus is the dorms, right? It's the freshman dorms. And um, if you really want to reach the, the campus, you really got to go reach the freshman, the incoming class. And so we would build our model, man, around, um, around our, our uh, RAs, those who are the resident assistants who were living in the dorm rooms and who had, who were at the center of campus life. And they were building the relationships with the freshmen and throwing events. And that's how we would go and meet, you know, several, several folks. And that's really how we built our ministry on the college campus. And it's so cool. It's exactly the model of apartment life that you sit at the center of life for these people and hosting events and serving them. You're, you're doing community alongside of them. Like that's how you really minister to people as you do life with them. And it's so, I don't know, it's just so cool to see the parallels there of what you and I both did at the campus level, being able to do that at the apartment or multifamily level as well. Alice, that's so beautiful, beautifully said. It's a great analogy. And uh, I would say all the more in COVID too, because mm-hmm. when you, you know, we're in a season where people need to socially distance and yet they're lonelier than ever and they need that relational contact. And so what we found is we were really wondering what apartment owners and operators would do. Would they cut our program? Would they keep it? And what we found is actually they find it even more valuable in the season Mm. because in many cases they've had to shut down the office or run the front office uh, bare bones. And so these are the people who are actually living there, who are the eyes and ears of the apartment owners that are out there able to meet needs you know, if there's an elder, elderly person that can't get groceries, our teams will go out and buy them groceries. Mm. If uh, they, they can't get to Walgreens to pick up their prescription, they'll go out and, and do that for them. And so uh, what's been interesting is in this season of COVID, it's, it's actually been an even greater value add for our, our owners and for our management companies. So I got so many questions, and I want people to understand a little bit what you're doing. How do you find these apartment life families to really go and live in these complexes. How do you make that work um, on that end? Well, 80% of our coordinators, uh, we, we either use the term teams or coordinators, but 80% of our coordinators are referrals from other coordinators. So when we're an existing market like Southern California, which we've been in for several years, uh, recruiting your teams, the best thing you can do is have your teams refer their friends. And we even have a little referral fee that we'll give for um, recommending their friends if they're accepted to be an apartment life team. Uh, when you're entering into a new market, then you're, you're doing a lot of introductions to the church community and reaching out to pastors. We're very church-centric in how we go about what we do. We want all of our teams to be vitally connected to a local church. We want the church to provide uh, volunteers that would rally around this couple because mm. if you bring volunteers, you actually bring greater value to the apartment owner. Now, we have to train everybody in fair housing and the things that you can do and not do uh, to abide by uh, fair housing laws. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say 80% of our teams come from other teams. Uh, and then, you know, the other 20% would. So they're church families, though. I mean, these are, these yeah. are Christian families who are decided to live in this apartment complex. Um, and you make it work on that end. And then how does that work if, you're, if I'm the apartment owner? How do I really have like what does that cost to me yeah so the apartment owner would enter into an agreement with us as apartment life uh, directly and so the apartment 
uh, owner has three costs, two of which they would probably already have in their books. So, so the first cost is uh, they consist of two bedroom, two bath unit, two apartment life. And uh, they're probably gonna have an empty unit anyways, unless they're undercharging for rent. So we just say, give us the unit that's the hardest for you to lease. And we'll give that to the apartment life family uh, to live in. And that's kind of what the team's getting out of it is they get greatly reduced rent. They, the teams do pay a little bit to be part of the program, but, uh, but the housing is probably the greatest and the biggest cost to the apartment owner. But in many cases, hey, they're gonna have an empty unit. Uh, the second cost is a monthly event budget, and we recommend $1.50 per door uh, for the apartment owner, and that's just so that the team actually has the financial wherewithal to host really good events. That would be the quality that we would really want, uh, and that's usually already built into the budget. There's already some kind of event or marketing budget that that would come out of. And the final cost, which would be uh, an added cost to the apartment owner, is a $650 or $750 month management fee that they pay to Apartment Life, which is part of how we uh, fund the infrastructure to go out and source the teams, to coach the teams, uh, to equip the teams in an ongoing basis. So in, the, in Southern California, for example, uh, uh, our management fee is six or $750, and then in other markets, it would be $650. Mm. Um. I'm just kind of running some calls to you. I mean, from what you save them to, you know, what they're doing, that it, it's totally worth it though. I mean, you know, just from a, a, a pure number standpoint, uh, that's incredible. Um, wow. I want to keep asking some great questions here, just so people understand this. And so they, this family lives in there, they're hosting events. Uh, I want to know Pete, because you've been doing this. How long have you been in the role of CEO at the company? And you came in how long ago? I came in about five years ago, first as president, and then about two years later was made CEO. So help us understand like the significance of having a family like this in the in, in an apartment complex. And by by what I mean is like I want to hear some stories because we have got our mastermind who, as you know, Sean, and is just constantly kind of telling us the cool things that God is doing. Um, there. I mean, what have been some of your favorite stories that keeps you fueled to really see apartment life continue to grow? Well, one of my favorite stories was from a couple years ago here in Dallas, but it was the heat of summer. So it was a hot day like we're having right now here in Dallas, probably the hard, hottest day of the summer. And this family was moving into an apartment community. They had moved down, to, moved down from Oklahoma to Dallas. And it just so happened that they had an apartment life team in their community. And so the team was watching them move in in the heat of this hot, hot summer day. And they decided to bring cold water to the family, uh, icicles for the kids, uh, ice pops for the kids. And they just introduced themselves. So, hey, we're your apartment life team. We're so glad that you're moving in. How are you guys doing? Can we help with anything? And the wife uh, was blown away. She's like, I didn't know people still did this. Like, I haven't lived in a community where neighbors have introduced themselves to each other since I was a young child. Like, I didn't know that this kind of, <laughs> this kind of thing still existed in America. So she was really blown away. And, and the apartment life couple was like, man, we've got a great community here. And in fact, several of us go to church on Sunday. If you ever want to join us, we all sit together in the balcony. We would love to have you, but we basically fill up the whole row we would love to have you join us. And so they did, they took them up on that and they started coming every, every Sunday and they ended up becoming members. 
But what was interesting is six months later, that, that couple that had just moved in six months ago confided with the apartment life te team. They said, you had no idea when you first met us that our marriage was hanging by a thread. Mm. And the reason that we moved down to Dallas was to give one final shot at a new start. And you inviting us into your community, inviting us into your church, being friends with us has saved our marriage. Wow. And uh, so like every week, every month, we get crazy stories like that. I mean, one of my other favorite stories was uh, out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, there's this maintenance guy who um, grew up in a really rough home. His, uh, both of his parents were very abusive physically to him. And they used to say, you know, when he was a boy, they say, when you come home from school, you're going to get it. And, uh, and they were just horrible to him. And uh, so one day he, uh, long after he left home, he got married. He started having post-traumatic stress disorder where he was having these vivid dreams of his childhood where he's being beaten by his parents. And he went into a crazy funk. I mean, he would wake up in the middle of the night just swinging and, uh, you know, not sure where he was at. His wife had to move out of the bedroom. And then he got so sullen that she and their 12-year-old daughter moved out of the apartment altogether. And so this maintenance guy is dealing with a lot of trauma, a lot of stress in his life. And he, he just hits rock bottom. And he decides that he's going to take his own life. And he begins to write a note. And he's got a gun. And that was the night that he was going to end his life. And it just so happens that the apartment life couple swung by to visit him that night. Mm. Had no idea that he was thinking of about taking his own life. Just visited, I say, hey, thinking about you, we've been praying for you, just checking in on you, how you doing? They, I don't know how long they, they stuck around, probably just for a few minutes and then they left. And that was enough for him not to follow through with taking his own life. A um, Couple weeks later, he, he ends up in church and it's a small church and the pastor, he feels like is preaching directly at him and he just begins to bawl and he begins to cry. And at the end, uh, the pastor says, Hey, you want to come down and be prayed for? And he said, yeah, I would like that. And so it was the pastor and several of the elders put their hands on this guy and prayed for him. And he was like, I, I was like, I can't explain what happened, but I fell to my knees and I felt like something was lifted off me. And God was there the whole time. He was so real in that moment and everything changed for me. And he, he goes, after, after that experience at that church, I couldn't stop reading the Bible. And I was so filled with joy. And uh, I was still separated from my wife, but I just began to pray for her. And one day she reached out, she texted me and she said, uh, hey, uh, are you doing okay? He goes, yeah, I'm doing fine. She goes, can we get together? He goes, that'd be great. So they met at a coffee shop and she walks into that coffee shop. She takes one look at him and she goes, something's different about you. And he goes, yeah, let me tell you the story. So he tells her the story of how he came to faith in Christ. She ends up coming to faith in Christ. And then their 11 or 12 year old daughter comes to faith in Christ. The whole family is completely changed. And he was so touched that he wanted to reach out and tell me this story to me personally. He's like, I would like to tell Pete Kelly uh, about the story. So he and I had just had a wonderful discussion. It was right, right around Christmas. And I said, Hey man, 
it's going to be your first Christmas as a, as a Christ follower. What's your favorite, what's your favorite hymn? He goes, Oh, that's so easy. Joy to the world. <laughs> Cause up until now I've never had joy in my life. Wow. You know, when I was a missionary on the college campus, um, you know, I had to raise money to, in order to do our job. And people used to ask me, you know, like, or we would do these big galas and, you know, I'd always have to go on stage and ask, answer like, what do you do? <laughs> like, what is your schedule like? That's what most people would ask me. Oh, so what is your schedule like? And I always had the most difficult time <laughs> helping people understand what I did because part of what you said is the part of the power of um, doing life with people. I, I always would say the, the most important piece of being a missionary is just showing up and I feel like that's what we did all the time. We just showed up on the campus in our specific areas and we just shared our faith and we cared for people and God over and over and over saved and brought people into our lives. You know, I can't tell you how many people who had dreams the night or the week before about they would meet somebody like us and we would just happen to sit at the right lunch table. You know, it's so, so I love what you're doing, man, because you're just putting people in a position to show up. And that is what we're called to do and allow God to begin to move. And so those are amazing stories, man, that, and it just reminds me, it makes me, you know, reminisce back to those days where I would just show up and ask God to, to save, ask God to, to, to heal. Um, that's, that's half the, I, I always say that's 90% of it, man. It's just like, if we could just be faithful to show up and God would do the, you know, the crucial 10% for us. So Ellis is so true. One of our teams was just walking across the parking lot. Somebody couldn't start their car. He helped jumpstart their car. It turns out it's a family from Iran that had moved to their city because the daughter had cancer. And that struck the, that's, that started the friendship that went on mm. for, for over a year. And in the process of that year, that, that daughter who had cancer came to faith in Christ. And then the mother came to faith in Christ. Wow. So, so yeah, just being available and being sensitive and being willing to meet needs uh, is all it really takes. Mm. You know, if you walk with God and uh, you walk in the power of the spirit, God's just going to give you natural opportunities to meet people's needs. Pete, who do you, um, who was an ideal client of yours? Like, um, you know, there's a lot of different sizes of multifamily, you know, that people can invest in. What is, how have you seen this typically work or what's the ideal kind of model size for, you know, I mean, this model can work, I think, in any way, if you, if you serve, if you own a duplex, right. But specifically with apartment life, um, yeah. what does this look like? Yeah. So, you know, obviously if you own a duplex, assessing one of the <laughs> would not be cost effective for the owner. So you have to have a certain number uh, of units for it to make sense. So we could serve anybody, you know, so I've met apartment owners who like, Hey, we want to tie our units to worthy causes. So I've, I've met apartment owners who a 10th of their units, they set aside to help, for example, uh, a single mom in need or, or um, somebody who was thinking about getting an abortion and decided not to. Uh, and so we can serve anybody, but for by and large, I'd say most of our clients would own 200 or more units because that's the scale at which it makes sense uh, business-wise to concess the unit to pay the management fee and the event budget program. Have you created any type of hybrid model to work with smaller type of apartment complexes? 
what we've done yeah we we are still contemplating what we could do because you know for for the the smaller owners because our 50-year vision is to be able to be able to serve any church or apartment community in the world what we've done in some cases is if uh, the owner has multiple apartment communities that are in close proximity but let's say they're all like 50 units or something like that uh, you could have the team live on one of uh, one site but manage a program that covers multiple sites so we've done that in some cases we also have an off-site program where the team doesn't need to physically live there uh, so there's no concessed unit uh, but the management fee is a little bit higher because our costs you know, we have to pay, in that case, we pay the, the, the team a month, or not a monthly, but a, an hourly wage for the program that they do. So we've got a couple workarounds, but by and large, I'd say for our traditional on-site model of two people, you know, it, it works best for 200 units or more. Right, got it. Um, really, really cool to think about this. How, I'm curious, I mean, this is, uh, you know, multifamily makes it really simple. The, the apartment style makes it really simple because people are there. You know, have you thought or have you guys begin to explore other type of asset classes or, you know, I mean, just even in your own quiet time, I mean, what, how, how else could this be modeled? You know, as people are listening, not everyone's in apartment complexes. I mean, we are, and this is why I'm so excited to have you on. Um, but how else do you see this type of model being played out across the industry? Or could it be? Yeah. Well, I'd say uh, one area that would be fascinating, and I would welcome any of the listeners to reach out to me and help me troubleshoot how to do this, but I've thought a lot about the condo model. And in the U.S., the condo, condo model could probably work, but more specifically, what I'm intrigued by is how could we serve multifamily anywhere in the world? And so when you think about... Um, most of the world doesn't live in single family homes. Most of them lives in very large apartment, you know, track housing. Right. Uh, but, but it's not set up the way U.S. apartments are set up. They're set up more frequently, for example, in Europe and, and lots of places in Asia. Each unit is owned and, you know, owned by an individual family. And so figuring out what is a business model that could do apartment life in that kind of setting, whether it's in the US or overseas, that would be very intriguing. And so I've met with a couple of people who've wondered on the development end, if the developer on the front end is a Christian developer and they want to reserve one of those units for ministry to take place, that, that's one way you could do it. Um, but that is something I'm dreaming about is because if we could figure out how to do the condo style, I think uh, we could, we could really take this business as missions model anywhere in the world. And that would be very exciting. All right, folks, you heard it. If you, if be brainstorming, let's uh, the mission is to, to get apartment life all over the world. And uh, so if you have thoughts or ideas, I encourage you to reach out to Pete. Um, really, really cool. I, I think this is what's so powerful. And I think from an investor standpoint, you know, if I could just speak for a second, why I'm really excited to build a business model around what you guys are doing, Pete, is, you know, we talk a lot about the show business, but also kind of building wealth. And to think about this was, this was never a concept for me, you know, up until these last couple of years, that the way that I 
build wealth and create capital, like I can actually like steward that or point that in such a way that it's also having impact and changing people's lives that it doesn't have to be so bifurcated. It doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Like I have my, my ministry pocket, right? And then I have my investing pocket that if we could think about all of life as a way to advance God's kingdom in, in a model like this allows us to be able to do that. And I just think that's so powerful. And honestly, man, in our, in, in these apartment complexes, you're probably still getting a better return if you're on the investor side, you know, in an alternative asset like multifamily than you would be in the stock market anyway. So you're, you know what I mean? It's hard to even, um, it just it just makes so much sense, which is why I just think it's so genius from a kingdom standpoint to be like, man, I want to see apartment life go everywhere because I love I love the mission. Um, I love apartments from an investment standpoint. And the fact that we can now bring together both gets me so juiced. Man. So so I I love this. So I'm curious on your end, like have you um, you know, you shared a lot of stories about the uh on the tenant side of things, but just how this is shaped, I don't know, on the operator side of things, even the way that they're raising capital or bringing on investors or even managing, you know, on the, on the property manager side of things, just stories or even way people have, um, how maybe this has opened up new opportunities for people. I'm just curious, like on the actual operational side of things or asset management side of things or, or raising money side of things, mm-hmm. what's happening, how apartment life is, is helping on that side of stuff as well. Well, Ellis, that is such perceptive question. I would say in the last year to 18 months, uh, the idea of Christian impact investing has really gained a lot of momentum. And what I've discovered over the last 18 months or so is that God has strategically placed a lot of believers in this space, in the real estate space, who want to have a double or triple bottom line. They want Mm -hmm. to know financially that their investments are producing a certain rate of return. They want to know that they're, you know, making a positive social difference in their, in people's lives. But they also love the idea that the kingdom is actually advanced. People are moving from death to life, that they're getting introduced to Christ through what they're doing. And so, uh, yeah, I've had several uh, Christian uh, investors or uh, people in real estate say, hey, we're putting together a fund and we want, as part of our investment thesis, we want apartment life to be part of that investment thesis because we actually think not only will it perform better financially, it makes it more attractive for people who care about that that triple bottom line. So yeah, uh, I, I would say almost every couple of weeks, somebody has reached out to me to say, "Hey, I'd love to meet with you because we're putting together a fund, or we're, we're, you know." And so God's doing something in the space. Yeah. It's really neat. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, and there's a lot of real estate folks listening to the show. Uh, I'm curious if just your advice on if they don't qualify the 200 unit, right? They don't have a model quite yet where they're doing 200 units or more and can bring on an apartment life um, team. What would be some good steps in really building something like this at a smaller model? Like if they just wanted to implement some of these kingdom principles in their own complexes or in their own investments, um, 
what would you say to them? They come to you, hey, I can't really work with you, but man, I love what you're doing. How can I begin to do that in just my circle of influence or my, you know, my communities? What, what would that look like, Pete? Or what would you tell them? I'd say reach out to me and let's have a conversation. Yeah. We've done some creative things in the past where we've uh, set up like a consulting program where uh, we will help coach somebody how to do what we're doing, but on a smaller scale. So we had an owner, Christian owner in Kentucky reach out to us and say, hey, we want to do it, but we can't afford the full apartment life program. So that's fine. Uh, they had already identified somebody <clears throat> that they wanted to be the coordinator. They were going to give them a concessed unit, and but they couldn't afford the management fee. They were just... Um, it just didn't make, make sense financially. So for a much smaller fee, we, we just basically did some consulting with them. So they own the program. So if it started to go sideways, they would have to fire the coordinator or kick them out or anything. Usually that kind of stuff. Like if the, if the coordinator's not performing and need some kind of corrective action taken, take the off of the owner and the operator. So they, they absorb some of that and we work with them. And so anyways, I would just say, if you're interested, reach out to me and maybe we together, we could figure out uh, a solution that would be workable. So excellent. I just also want to comment on what you said, triple, triple bottom line. I've never really heard it put that way. I just, I'm, I'm so convinced that like, if you're only look, looking at one bottom line, you're just, I'm not to say that's evil. I'm just going to say you're missing out because there are so many creative ways now um, to really have a return on investment, also return on impact and see the kingdom grow. So uh, this is an incredible example of that. So really grateful Pete for um, just this message and, and what you guys are doing to grow, man. So thanks. Thanks again. Well, Ellis, thank you for having me. Um, so tell our audience the best way they can reach you and how to get in touch with you. Yeah, probably the easiest way to reach me is by email. So you can email me at Pete Kelly, P-E-T-E-K-E-L-L-Y, at apartmentlife.org, O-R-G, Pete Kelly at apartmentlife.org. And I'm pretty, uh, pretty quick to reply on email. Uh, and then if you want to check out our website and uh, read a little bit more about uh, what we do, you can go to apartmentlife.org the website and there's a lot of information there. We're, we're pretty careful with our publicly facing website that we're, we don't hide the fact that we're, we're Christian faith-based, but we're very careful how we describe that. So with a explicitly Christian audience, like I assume you have on your podcast, we're a little bit uh, more direct in terms of how we talk about that impact. So if you go to the website and you're like, hey, this uh, we're just very intentional uh, on how we communicate that publicly. So I, I actually am very impressed. I, I, I've gone to it multiple times and I think you do an incredible job of being intentional about that, but also really helping people see there's, I mean, the numbers we talked about earlier, you know, the, the, what, how this benefits even from a business model as well. So, um, Pete, again, man, thank you, everyone. I, I hope you've enjoyed this show. I, I hope what this is doing, regardless if you're not an apartment, you know, if you're not an apartment investing um, to just realize there are business models out there that can serve not just the financial bottom line, but I love that word, the triple bottom line, the, the kingdom impact, not just social, but also kingdom as well. Um, and I'm curious, just as 
you know, I hope this will create curiosity in our, in our audience to think about what are, what are the ways in which you're, you know, you're doing business right now and maybe you've just been focused on the bottom line. Is there a way to create another bottom line, that kingdom bottom line and what you're doing? I mean, you know, multifamily real estate, apartment investing has been around for decades. Um, and to think, you know, apartment life comes to the scene now is doing something so, you know, different and it's, you know, in an industry that has been around for so long. And just to think about, man, I wonder how many, you know, if we, if we had kingdom minded people like we do listening to this show who began to think about, man, how else, what other industries could we begin to do something similar in? Um, I hope the show serves that purpose and that together we can really see gas kingdom advance. So Pete, again, thank you, brother. And I uh, hope to have you back on later, later again, man, to talk more. Thank you, Alice. Thanks everyone for the show, for, for joining us. Listen, uh, if you are loving this show, please, please, please share this. Go on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, wherever you do social media, take a screenshot and let us know how much you're enjoying this show. We appreciate a five-star review. It really goes a long way in helping bring on incredible guests like Pete. We're almost at the 200 mark, so make sure you go leave us a review. It means a lot. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.